Thank you. Come on, what a day already, am I right? Are y'all ready for some, some of the Word of God today? We'll do some Word of God, and then we're going to jump into baptisms. I'm excited. We've got several people that are going public with their faith today and water baptism. Excited. I'm going to go straight to the Bible. Y'all ready? You got your Bible with you today, or are you going to read it on the screen? You ain't saying nothing. You didn't bring it. All right, Luke chapter 14. Thank you, brother. All right, Luke chapter 14. We're going to read verse 16 through 23. I got a few minutes to condense this down. Y'all think I could do it? You're lying because you know I can't. (laughs) You know I can't. Y'all pray for the preacher. Luke 14, verse 16. It says, A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. And when the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guests, Come, the banquet is ready. But they all began making excuses. One said, I have just bought a field and must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five pairs of oxen and I want to try them out. I don't think I've ever heard that excuse before, but that's, I mean, that's pretty legit right there. Please excuse me, another said. I just got married, so I can't come. We'll leave that alone for another message on another day. And the servant returned and told his master what they had said. And his master was furious and said, Go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. And after the servant had done this, he reported, There is still room for more. I love that part right there. So his master said, Go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. Let's pray, and we're going to jump in. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for all that is happening here today, for every person, every family, every student that is here. And I pray as we spend a few moments in your word today, I pray, Father, Lord, that it will speak to us. It won't just be a message that we hear, but it will be a word from you that we hear that will last through all of the storms and struggles we may face. Thank you, God, that that you are here with us. God, use me to be a voice for you. Help me to speak this the way you want it said today. In the name of Jesus, everybody said amen and amen. Today, we're kicking off a new series entitled Fulfilled, Fulfilled. And I want to start with a story from a few summers ago. My family and I, we went down to Myrtle, went up to Myrtle Beach. Anybody ever been to Myrtle Beach before? There is a lot to do in Myrtle Beach. Just all these different things that are happening. And it was EP's birthday, Ella Pearl. It was her birthday. And we were asking her, where would you like to go and eat for your birthday? And you know that you're raising your children right whenever your daughter says, I want to go to Paula Dean's for my birthday. We wasn't getting quinoa. We wasn't getting that acai, whatever y'all call that stuff. We were going to get some fried chicken. Can I hear an amen? And if you don't know who Paula Dean is, her restaurant, you should Google that. There's one in Panama City, just saying. Um, we had to wait two and a half hours to get in. Baby, I have to tell you, I'm so proud of you for choosing that. She's on the front row. I'm so proud of you. That just makes me so proud. Um, we waited two and a half hours to get into this restaurant, but I can tell you it was so worth the wait. And so we sat down to eat 
and uh, they show you the menu, and you, it's, it's family style, so you have to choose from several entrees and several sides, and we were unaware that they start out by bringing you these dinner rolls with this cheddar cheese and garlic butter on it. I didn't know. No one told me. We were just there for the fried chicken, and they put that in front of us, and we started eating these rolls, and you know, like when you go to the restaurant, and they put the fresh bread in front of you. You tell yourself you need to stop, but you don't. That was happening to us. And so we just couldn't stop eating the, these dinner rolls. And then we ordered our family-style entrees. And so the thing about this restaurant, though, and this is not a commercial. I'm just happy I got to eat there, is it's bottomless. They just keep bringing it. I mean, that is a good restaurant, am I right? Like, they're just going to keep bringing it until you say stop. And so they kept bringing the rolls, and we thought, this is amazing. And so we had to decide on the entrees, so we decided on fried chicken, fried catfish, and spare ribs. <laughs> Boy, I hope y'all woo like that on some of these points I'm preaching today. <laughs> we had some cream potatoes, some and this corn souffle stuff that is like magic is candy, dude. And then so we let Cynthia get some squash casserole. And you know I wasn't eating it, but anyway, we made it. And then they had this gooey cake. And uh, we kept eating until we were full. And the lady comes back and she says, do you want some more? And you're so conflicted because it tastes so good. You know you need to stop but before your, your, like your life can communicate with your brain to say no, your brain is just saying, yeah, just bringing it. So they're bringing more catfish. They're bringing more fried chicken. And so they just keep bringing it. And we were so full. We were so full, like could not eat the next day so full. Like walking around, like trying to go to the beach and stuff. I just don't. Let's just not. Let's just lay here for the rest of the day because we were so full. And can I tell you, it was so satisfying. It was so good that we will never, ever forget it. We can never forget it. And you can, you can describe a restaurant like this, like and say it was so good. But I think a better description of that restaurant was we left feeling so full. And I think when it comes to being a Christian, we're so focused on being good and doing good, trying not to do the bad things or, God, we don't want any of the bad things to happen to us. But what if there's more to life than just good? What if we start thinking about being filled and fulfilled and our lives being full? We would live and we would approach this completely different. This cup right here is a good cup. It's a nice cup. This is the cup that we give to all of our first-time guests here at Emerge Church. And this is a slick cup, and you would love to have one of these. And guess what? If you're a first-time guest, you're getting one of these today. Shameless plug. You're getting one of these today. So make sure you go back to the hub after service to get your free cup. But as good as this cup is right now, it's empty. And this is a good cup. Really nice. And look at that. That thing is clean, man. You would love to see this in your cup holder, in your car, on your way to work tomorrow. Am I right? And you could have a cup like this in your cup holder, but if it is empty, this cup is doing you no good. But if you fill it with something, if it is full, because you can have an ugly cup. 
And if it's full, it's good. Am I right? How many of you got the ugly coffee cup? Raise your hand. I got all kind of coffee cups, man. Just put something in it. And many people, they live their lives trying to make sure that this part is so very good. And that's okay because I like good things. I love good things. But if we're in our, in our attempt to have everything good, if it is empty and it is not full, we have wasted a lot of our time just trying to make sure that everything is good. Because there's a lot of people in good situations, y'all. There's a lot of people making some good money that aren't full. And so they're in this place where they're searching for thing after thing and person after, after person to try to find something to fill their life that never will fill it. Because they're, they're operating off of the process of, I want a good man. I want a good job making good money. And they're searching for good. But really, we need to be searching for something that is going to fulfill, something that is going to fill our lives. Amen? Something good that God wants to pour into us and fill our lives. And that is the premise of this entire series that I want to share with you over the next few weeks as we're talking about being full, being filled. Now, let's look at this scripture verse because there is a feast that is taking place. And I love a good feast. I'm from Louisiana and we love to eat. That is one of the things that you just do. And I'm thinking about a crawfish bowl. Anybody ever been to a crawfish bowl before? I'm not talking about a low country bowl, okay? Those are nice. Those are pretty. I'm talking about a crawfish bowl where you don't wear the fancy clothes. You know what I'm saying? Don't wear the fancy clothes to the crawfish bowl because you're getting something on you. It is messy. But one of the things that's so unique about being, like Louisiana eating is that we love to invite people to come and eat with us. You go to the tailgate party. It doesn't matter what team you belong to. You can come eat with us because we want to show off how good our food is. Amen. And if you have, you've never eaten Cajun food, you're missing out on so much. And so we love to have people to come. And so the scripture we read today reminds me so much of, of growing up in Louisiana and inviting people to a feast. I can remember being a child growing up and my parents, every Sunday it seemed like there was someone new eating with us at our house after church. I was like, who are these people? Oh, someone knew when we met at church. I didn't realize that God was preparing me for one day when I would be a pastor to eat, sit and eat with all kinds of people. But all these people would come and they would eat. And it's one of those like Thanksgiving feels. You know what I'm saying? They would stay for a while. For a long while. Because you, you, you kind of got a little food coma going. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Where you eat so good, it's just, yeah, we're going to sit right here. A little while, and the, and the guide t- just tends to doze off, and he wasn't asleep, and he was just resting his eyes. You know what I'm saying? How many of y'all resting your eyes sometimes? All right, you were sleeping. And so it reminds me so much of that. And when I read this verse, though, God prepares a feast, and he says, go invite people to come. It reminded me of that childhood. It reminded me of inviting people to come. But he says this. It didn't say so that it will be good. He said so that my house will be what? Full. So that my house will be full. And it got, it got me to thinking, I think God likes full. I think he likes things to be full. Like, like I ain't going to lie. As a pastor, I love it when the church is full. Like, I'm loving it today. Feeling pretty good about it. Am I right? Look at your neighbor and say, good job. You came. You came today. It's good. I love a full house. I love it when my kids have friends over, man. We're sitting at the table. I mean, it's like a party going. I love it. I love it when it, it is full. And in this scripture we're reading, 
He's saying, go out and invite them because I want my house to be full. Now, I want to take this a step further because sometimes when we think of that, we just think, hey, the church was full today. That is great. But there's a lot of people sitting in this full church today that may have a good life, but you may be empty. You could be sitting here today in a full house full of great people, but sitting there in your heart is empty. And so when I look at the scripture and I look at the context of the Bible, I realize that when he says it's about being full, it's not just about the number of people that showed up in the room, but it's about what's showing up in the hearts of the people who are in the room. Amen. It's not just a bunch of y'all come. It's a bunch of what God wants to do in the people who are coming. Amen. And we want God to do something in us. We want him to fill us up. And so when he says, I want my house, he's actually referring to not just a building that people meet in on a Sunday morning, but he's talking about the people. Look at your neighbor and help me preach this and say, I think he's talking about you. And you can point at him if you want. You can point at him. I think he's talking about you. You. He's referring to the church, and he says, I want you to be full. And that word full, you know what it means? It means fulfilled. It means satisfied. And some of us will take a step back and say, Pastor Way, you really need to get on to people and like help clean them up because people acting crazy these days. These little soft messages about being satisfied is why we're in the trouble we're in. Oh, no, my friend, because a lot of people have this wrong view of God, and that's why we're in the trouble we're in. Seriously, they don't know who God really is, and so they're acting crazy. If you knew how, God, how good God was, you would act different. You would. You would love better. You would be nicer to people. You wouldn't complain at work if you really knew how good God was. Because all of that stuff you would realize, all that stuff I'm complaining about, it don't make a difference because God is so good, he'll bless me. And I'm not trying to preach a soft gospel. Don't take it wrong. I'm just trying to help you to see that the Father is way better than what we give him credit for. Way better. Amen? That's why he wants his house to be full. And so I thought that as I shared this, you may have a hard time receiving this. So I looked up a couple of other verses for reinforcement. I brought in the reinforcements today. So John chapter 10, verse 10, it says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Y'all know who the thief is? Yeah, you got an enemy. And he doesn't want you to prosper. He doesn't want it to work. He wants you to fail. He wants it all to fall apart. He came to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the what? Full. Didn't say good. To the full. So you could have it to the full. Living a fulfilled life. There's an enemy that wants to take it from you. Think of this. Every tough situation that we go through, we begin to determine, man, is my life really good? Because if it was, this wouldn't be happening. If God was really good, he wouldn't let this happen. Been there before? Those are the real life thoughts. This verse right here says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and life to the full. Let me say this. Just because you have a problem doesn't mean that your life isn't full. I have a full tank of gas in my truck right now. I paid a lot for it, but I got a full tank of gas in my truck, and I love my truck, but it's got some problems right now. All my kids like, yeah, we know. It's got some problems. 
And I love my truck. I heard that comment. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Stretch your hand towards this one. I knew it. I shouldn't have said it. I had a rebuttal, but no, not today. <laughs> Ephesians 3, verse 19. Here's another one. Christ's love is greater than anyone could ever know. But I pray that you will be able to know that love. Then you can be filled with the fullness of God. That is some strong verses. And the emphasis is you can be filled. You can be fulfilled. And so in a few minutes I got left, I just want to show you three things about living a fulfilled life. Living fulfilled, number one, this is what I want you to know. That God is inviting you to live full. He's inviting you. And this is where it's like, I don't know if he's really aware of what all I got going on. I'll give you an example. School has started back again, and most of the younger grades specifically, whenever they have a birthday in the class, now you have to send an invitation to everyone in the class, okay? I didn't grow up in that generation. I got left out of a few parties. I'm making it. I'm making it. I'm all right. Okay? I'm all right. It prepared me for some things, okay? You get the invitation, though, and I don't know how it works at your house, but once the school year starts, it's on, like, fast. My kids are involved in sports. We do a lot of things. Ella Pearl is cheering and dancing at the same time. Yes, so it's moving, y'all, with everything, with church and all the different things that we do. We're, we're moving, and so if someone gives us an invitation to something, it usually winds up on the fridge, on a magnet on the fridge. And there have been times where a year later, that invitation is still on the fridge, and we didn't even go to the event. I need to see a hand of someone who's been there before. How many of y'all still got the invitation? I think we had a wedding invitation on our fridge for two years. I'm serious. Two, it wasn't none of yours, so don't feel like we missed anything. It was somebody else. It sat on the fridge for two entire years. And one day Cynthia was like, i I got to clean up in here. And so when she cleans up, it, it, y'all don't have that happen at your house? And so it's like, I, I need to see the metal on the fridge again. We were invited. Come on, that's a good feeling to know I was invited. Could have not been invited. Might have been the same result, you know what I'm saying? If I wasn't invited and I was and left the fridge, left it on the fridge, same result. But anyway, just like to be invited. And what I want you to know today is that God is inviting you to live a fulfilled life. Amen. He's inviting you to it. And so Jesus, what does he do? He goes to the cross. And when he goes to the cross, God is saying, I'm giving you my best. I'm inviting you to experience the best that I've got. Not just the good, but the best. And if you experience this best, it will fill your life. This is what you have been looking for. I'm inviting you to the party. If you come to the party, you're getting it. You're invited. The best life, the fulfilled life is found in Jesus. Amen. That's where it is found. And watch this. He doesn't invite you based on how good you are. 
This is what you need to know. It's not your goodness that qualified you for the invitation. It's his goodness. His goodness says, I want them to come. And we read in the story, we got, it seems like we start out with just regular people, and then we start going into the more intense people. You know what I'm saying? Anybody in here intense and want to admit it? Some of you, you're not raising your hand. You're lying in church. There's some intense people in here. Hey, football season is starting, and the intensity is about to get turned up in here. Am I right? Yeah. Ella Pearl said, well, boo. <laughs> Regardless of the person that you are, his goodness says, I want them to experience the best that I have for them. So he sends out the invitation. And the question I must ask you today is, what are you doing with the invitation? Because I think just like the invitation that we receive wound up on the fridge for a couple of years, I think the invitation that God sends to us, it sits on the fridge of our life. And we see it. And we know it's there, but for whatever reason, we won't respond to the invitation. So living life filled, number one, God's inviting you. But number two, I would say, don't miss out. When you read through Luke 14, there's three different instances where the invitation wasn't accepted. There was a man who bought a field. And this is a picture of allowing our possessions to keep us so occupied. Good stuff. Good stuff. We're so occupied with good that we miss out on what's going to fill us. He said, I can't come. I got to take care of my stuff. Another man, he bought some oxen. This is his equipment for his work. He has a job. He has things to do. Come on, anybody got a job in here? A J-O-B. Thank the Lord. Okay. But his job was keeping him from being filled. The invitation's right there, but I, I know, I know, I know, but I got to work. I got so much I got to do because I got to get this done. And watch this. We're operating already on empty, trying to do so much that requires us to be full. Come on. I'm just going to let that sit. I ain't going to say a whole lot about it. I'm going to keep going, okay? Another man, he was just married I know, don't mess with this, Pastor Wake, because now you're talking about family, and God created the family. I know he created the family, but this is my one question I got to figure out. This man's invited. Why didn't he just say, can my wife come? Am I right? You invite me to dinner at your house, can Cynthia come? And if I'm feeling really good, can the kids come? And you, you better go grocery shopping. Amen? None of those things are bad. None of them. In fact, they are good. They're all great. But I would say don't let great things cause you to miss out on God things. Amen? And, and this is what I believe happens to us in our life. I think we're getting our fill 
from things that will never, ever fill us up. It's like eating the bread at the steakhouse. We just keep eating the bread, eating the bread over and over, and then they put the ribeye in front of you, and are like, oh, man, I'm so full. I can only eat a little bit. And so you take it home, and you intend to eat it, but just like the invitation sat on the fridge, come on, somebody. If it even makes it to the fridge, first and foremost, that little styrofoam box, chances are, is going to stay in the car overnight, and you're going to get in there the next morning. And it's going to smell different. New car scent is gone. Amen? Scent of old beef. Anybody ever been there? We left some chicken in the car one night. It was hot. It was not good. We intend to finish it, but we were so full that we forgot to finish it. And so many times in our lives, we're so full of everything else that the good stuff that God's putting in front of us that's really going to fill us, we can't even eat it. In fact, there are Sundays where we're sharing good stuff up here that you needed to hear, and you can't even digest it because we're so full of worries and so full of all of these anxieties and all of these other things on our mind that we can't even digest the things that God wants to put to fill us up. Amen? So he's invited us, but sometimes we're missing out. Living life fulfilled is found in him, not in all that other stuff. And here's what's tough. We can't just make all the other stuff go away. But I do think you could bring all that other stuff with you to him. Amen. Here's the third point. There's always room for more. There's always room for more. This is what I mean. There's room at the table for you. There's room at the table for you. I heard a guy say this years ago uh, when he was speaking. And it really grabbed my attention. He said, God isn't through blessing you. I want that to sit in for a second. God isn't through blessing. Now, if I told you God wants to bless you, everybody would be like, amen. Now, come on, preacher, preach that thing. Shake a little hand at me, get a handkerchief, wipe your forehead because that's good. But whenever I tell you God isn't through blessing you, it's kind of hard to let yourself go there because this exceeds your view of God's goodness. And it puts you in the place of beginning to measure yours. Not factoring in that if you allow God to fill your life, he will take your goodness to another level. You just had never been that good before, so you don't even know how to define his goodness. But if you allow him to fill you, you will see his goodness in a whole different light. There's room for more. God isn't through blessing you. He isn't through building you. He isn't through teaching you. He isn't through using you. He's not finished with you. That's what I'm trying. If you're still breathing, he's not done. Amen? He's not done. So he wants to give you life to the fullest. And that's so hard to wrap our minds around because what we see as full brings stress with it. It brings, I've got to figure this out, I've got to figure that out, and i got to go fix this thing, and i got to go take care of that thing. And yeah, I'm blessed, i got all this stuff, but I don't even know how to handle all the stuff that i got. Amen? God wants to fill you. He wants to transform us from the inside out. He wants to take us that are just simply vessels, and he wants to fill our lives. And watch, this was awesome. 
He can fill your life so much to the point that what he's filled you with, you can pour it out and bless others with. And there's a lot of people trying to bless others out of their goodness and you're running out of it. You are. Think of this. I give a little bit to them, a little bit to them, a little bit to them. Man, it's been a day. I don't know how much more I can give. Then you get home and your kids say boo, and next thing you know, explosion. Come on now. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to preach good today. Okay, we've got a lot of guests in the house, all right? Don't want to step on no toes in here. But what if you allowed the Lord to fill you continually? You won't run out. There's room for more. There's room for more in your life of what God wants to do. The question is, have you made room for what he wants to do in your life? Or is your life so full that there's no no opportunity for God to work? The invitation is there, but you still want RSVP. Think of that. Won't make that commitment. I'll visit God. I'll check it every now and then. I'll check with him. You know what I'm saying? We'll make an appearance at the party. Come on. We'll make an appearance, but we can't stay the whole time. And how many times are we just making an appearance with God? We just stop in, hey, and move on. But this is what I found, my friends. If we won't respond to the invitation, at some point in our life, there will be a situation where we look back and we say, I wish I would have responded to the invitation because I need him. And God is so good, you know what? He'll still show up. He'll still show up. But the question is, why would you want to take on anything in this life empty? Why would you want to take on any of these things without his help? One of the things I know is that everyone has this emptiness. You've heard it said before, this hole inside, this hole in our heart that we're trying to fill. And even though we know only Jesus can fulfill it, we try everything else first. Can I save you some trouble today? Because some of you, you're you're entertaining your next pursuit to try to fill that void. Can I save you some trouble today before you go through all that work? Before you go through all that craziness, let him fill that void. Let him fill that emptiness in your life, and it will change you completely. Again, this cup is great. This is a very awesome cup. But unless it's filled, this cup never fulfilled its purpose. Unless this cup is filled, it really doesn't do a whole lot of good. Don't just spend your life looking good trying to be good but let God put his goodness in you amen let him pour that in you and that goodness will flow through you amen every head bowed every eyes closed today because the invitation is sent it's showing up today right now it's in your hands the question is, will you open the invitation and respond? And can I say, for many of you, God has been sending invitation after invitation after invitation for years. 
For others of you, you've been running from God, trying to hide from him, changing the address over and over and over, thinking that God, finally he will leave me alone, and yet you find yourself again in the place where he showed up. The invitation is in your hands. Will you respond in RSVP? Will you respond and make the commitment, God, I'm all in, and I surrender my life to you. If you're here today and you've been searching, if you're here today and you know there's a void in your life that needs to be filled and knowing everything you just heard, that only Jesus can fill that void and you're ready to make that RSVP, ready to say, God, I want you to come and fill my life. Be the difference in me. And you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Today can be the day of your salvation. Today today can be a brand new start for you, a fresh beginning. There's a lot of things you want to look past in your life that you've been trying to fix, trying to make go away. But really what we need is for God to forgive us. And he says, I'll do it. I'll forgive you and give you a fresh start today. If that's you, and say, Pastor, include me when you pray. I just want you to lift a hand real quick, and you can put it back down. Anyone else? Pastor Wade, pray for me today. Yes, ma'am. Anyone else? You can put it down. Hands are shooting up across the room. Anyone else? Pastor Wade, I want to live this type of life. I'm responding today. Amen. This is what we're going to do. We're going to pray together as a church. We're going to say it out loud. You won't be the only one, I promise you. There will be a whole congregation of people praying right here along with you. Out loud, by the way, so it won't be weird for you. Okay? So repeat this after me. Say, Dear Lord, thank you for loving me so much that you would invite me to experience life to the full. I received the invitation today and I commit my life to you. I surrender to you and I give you my life and I ask you to be my Lord and I ask you to be my Savior. Come and fill my life and change me from the inside out. Make me a new person to be everything that you created me to be. Fill my life with your love. Fill my life with your spirit. I'm all yours. In Jesus' name, amen, and amen, and amen, and amen.